1: On this very important episode of the Good Fight Radio Show, we're going to be answering whether or not Christians should continue listening to secular music. And to discuss this very important topic is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel.
2: Well, Chad, since we have a video called They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll, that's about 10 hours long, the main one, right? Our magnum opus, and praise God, God used that to win countless thousands of people to Christ. Uh, A lot of people have come out of the secular music world uh, and have been set free, and from not only that the wicked music, but a lot of stuff that goes along with it. And it's heartbreaking that some people just kind of pave the road right back to that world, you know. And uh, I think it's important that we understand that we're supposed to make a distinction between that which is good and evil. And we'll get more into it as as the show goes on. But uh, this is something we really need to pay attention to because God created music for His glory, and Satan is a fallen musician. Uh, We read read that in Isaiah chapter 14, Ezekiel 28, and he uses music against God's glory for his glory. And so it's an important topic to look at.
1: Yeah, and I think when we look at it, one of the things we want to do is make sure we're looking at what does Scripture say first and foremost. And also, I think for so many of us, and I don't don't know about the entire audience here, if you're on Good Fight Ministries here, you might uh, understand where we kind of stand on a lot of these issues. But I know for myself, as someone who did come out of atheism from They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll and Gave My Life to Christ. Uh, that meant then the music I listened to was absolutely going to be jettison. In fact, I eventually destroyed it all because I recognized the stronghold it had on me. And I want to talk about that a little more in the episode when we look at some of the comments. And a lot of this stems from a recent video that was actually sent to us by someone who's on the Good Fight uh, radio station, actually the Good Fight radio network that we have. And this is a a situation where I think that we're not saying, oh, this is necessarily all false, but then when we look at this video, we're like, there could be some better nuance and there can definitely be some facts added that might help to bring about a better conclusion for people. But what I found was interesting, Jim, we'll talk about this when we get there, where some of the comments were so encouraging to me, reading through some of the comments on this video, but basically the video says that I was wrong about secular music. So what we're a- asking here is, uh, on this episode, Mike Winger says he was wrong about secular music. So should we change our views on secular music as well? So we're going to play that clip for you and then we'll let you know where we kind of stand on it.
3: I was wrong to think that all secular music was evil. I was, I was like 20, 21, where I felt like conflicted about things like Bach or Beethoven. But... The counterparts who were Christians that I knew who didn't care what they listened to. It could be gangster rap full of foul language talking about murdering people and they would, they were like, well, it's just music. That is also wrong. And I think that what seems clear to me is if you ignore the genre of music, secular versus Christian, and instead you focus on the message of the music, it becomes a lot easier to decide what you'll listen to and not. And so I'm gonna say, if the message is wicked, then we probably should avoid that. If the message is positive, then it's great. You know, like... You're watching Toy Story, and they're saying like, "You got a friend in me," and I'm thinking like, "No, that's not Christian. I can't listen to it. you got a friend in me." I'm like, "What? <laughs> I can't listen to that." If the message is neutral, right, like the Happy Birthday song, it doesn't really positive. It's just a thing, you know. Um, then who cares? Enjoy it. Go ahead. If if it's neutral, if it's not positive or negative, then I consider it part of the creation God has for us to enjoy.
1: So, Joe, a lot of things are being stated there, right? Um, you know, the counterpart he was a lot talking of stuff
2: about. We agree with yeah. We
1: yeah, some things we won't we won't fully endorse on, on that statement. And some things that and I this is this is a small clip. I'll I'll be honest here. This is a small clip, but this is put out by him. So when you're saying, hey, I'm wrong about something, and this is what you put out, we're gonna take that and say, Oh, a lot of people are gonna see this, and that's the clip they're gonna see. Over ten thousand people liked it. So um, one of the things we wanna do is look at it and say, Hey, do we should we adopt this view as well? Should we look at this and is there more to be said on this topic? But I guess Joe, I'm going to I'm going to throw it back at you as you, you hear that on the surface. And what do we say to that? Hey, you know what? Here's his view. He said, you know, he was really conflicted. Bach, Beethoven and so forth. He's like, but the counterpart at that time, these people are listening to wicked rap. They don't care what the lyrics say. It's glorifying absolute wickedness. And then he's like, well, what about songs that are just like, hey, you got a friend in me or happy birthday? You know, these, you know, I guess you could say they have no moral one way or the other, so to speak. And it's just part of creation. We can say, "Oh, we can glorify God in it." So, how do we, how do we kind of parse all this and, and and bring it back, and maybe just, I guess, open this up to maybe some further discussion?
2: Yeah, it's a complicated subject. It's hard to deal with in just the half hour we have, but we can make some major points that I think will be helpful. There's a lot to unravel there, uh, but basically, we'll use that to springboard into what we believe is a, a biblical uh, worldview on on music. Uh, as far as I mean, I, I praise God that He said, you know, with regard to wicked, wicked lyrics, yeah. Yeah. that He said you probably should listen to that. I think He probably means you shouldn't listen to wicked music. Uh, I think if you Mike was, He'd say, "Well, I meant probably meaning you shouldn't." Uh, but I would say this is when He said, "Well, it, genre doesn't really matter." He was seeming to be saying so much as the message. We would agree that the message is really something you got to be uh, clued in on. Not just the message. What about the artist? What's you know, a good a bad tree doesn't bear good fruit. Jesus said. So I like I like to look at a few different things. I like to look at the artist. I like to look at you know what's their lifestyle like. Who are they? Uh, I like to look at the message. What what message is being promoted? And I also have to. I like to look at musical expression. There's some musical expressions I believe that can be evil. In fact, the Bible says, "Sing with grace in your hearts to the Lord." In fact, I can sing with grace, or I can sing with anger and hatred, uh, because uh, music it expresses a lot of emotion. Chad and a lot of bands have just sing vile hatred with you know proud, proud, and I mean, take it for instance. I'm sure Mike, if I said, hey, you know, I'm your new nursery uh, director at your church, Mike, can I introduce, you know, messageless music? It's just going to be themes from, you know, the omen and the exorcist, the music or whatever. Uh, he would say, well, wait a second. I think the kids would all be creeped out or maybe creeped out because it's not just the words, guys. It's also the music, okay? At times. Now, that is subjective. So uh, we're not legalistic on that. We think each person needs to. Draw their own conclusion before the Lord and go before the Lord and say, "Lord, is this musical expression encourage me to love You more, to worship You more, and so forth?" Although we do recognize there are expressions that are that are that are horrific, you know. So I look at those three things: the artist, I look at the lyrics, I look at the uh, you know the, the musical expression as well. It, it, a musical expression might cause me to stumble, may not cause someone else to stumble. So that's why I'm not I try not to be legalistic on this at all. But at the same time, when we look at this big picture. We have to realize that music is so powerful. And in our video, they sold their souls for rock and roll. I think it's not just in the 10-hour version, but you can check it on the 3-hour version. I show scientific studies. I show even Billboard. I quote, you know, the pop magazine. Richard Pellegrino. Yeah, Richard Pellegrino talks about how he, as he says, take it from me, a guy who studied the brain for 20 years. He goes, one song can affect a brain more than I could than anything else I've ever found in 20 years that's powerful and I also quote Newsweek there looking at another study where they say the brain is like a sponge and music is like the substance the liquid that you put it in and it's transformed your brain is transformed by music that's some pretty heavy stuff Chad so I think it's, a, it's critical that we recognize not just not just the the words but also the music expression William Burroughs he was if you guys you know if you're my age you probably know of William Burroughs you know uh, a literary giant for a lot of people uh, he was an occultist, you know. In fact, he was a major occultist that was more advanced in some ways than the occultist Jimmy Page, the founder of Led Zeppelin, the lead guitarist. And he was interviewing Jimmy Page. And in the interview, he told Jimmy Page, he said he compared Jimmy Page and Led Zeppelin and rock bands to priests who basically transmute energy from the spiritual world and send it into the crowd and then receive the energy back and so forth. And that it's this like ma- magical invocation of these 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 spiritual forces. You know what Jimmy Page said in response, Chad? He said this, and this isn't in our 10-hour video. He said, and this thing about rhythms within the audience, because Jimmy Page is agreeing with him that we are doing something spiritual, something magical, with our audience. Keep in mind, Paige is a follower of the teachers of Aleister Crowley. He said big names are made not through ready, steady, go, but through practicing the magic of Crowley, who was all about contacting demons, who said you could even contact these demonic entities to become a musical you know, genius, so to speak. Uh, Jimmy Page says that's the thing about rhythms. This is the second biggest band of all time, Led Zeppelin, lead, lead guitarist. That's the thing about rhythms within the audience. I would say yes, yes, definitely. And it is. He's talking about it transmuting energy from the spiritual world. Music, which involves riffs, Jimmy Page says, music, which involves riffs, anyway, will have a trance-like effect. And it's really like a mantra. And so he, and he goes on to say, we've been attacked for that, you know? So he's saying our riffs are like a mantra to get our audiences into trance. And now what kind of, I mean, who's, what What kind of spiritual being or entities are trying to get you in a trance state through music? Well, you know, House of the Holy, real popular song by Led Zeppelin. That, uh, they sing... Are, you, are you, Your head is spinning faster, you know. Are you dizzy when you're stoned? Let the music be your master. Will you heed the master's call? Satan and man. And he literally says it's Satan and man, Robert Plant sings. That's the master through music. So Chad, uh, I think some people are naive as to the degree of the spiritual entities. The Bible says, Chad, that we're not to be Ignorant of Satan's devices, 2 Corinthians 2.11, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 11, he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against the devices, the the wiles, uh, the methods, the Greek word is methodius, it's the word we get methods from, of the devil. So we're supposed to guard ourselves from Satan's methods, and Satan, we see this right from their missions of scientists, as far as the power of music, rock stars that they're in touch with demonic forces. And it's not just the words. Sometimes it's a musical expression. So I'd, I'm really concerned. I guarded the hearts of my children growing up, and they make their own decisions as they get older. But I, I said, hey, this stuff is not in my heart, not allowed in my temple. My, my, It's not allowed in my home. And it was full stop, man, music for Jesus' glory.
1: Yeah, and I, I think so many times we could say, oh, we could just look at it surface, or I can just bend this into what I believe it's trying to say. So you could sing a song like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, not realizing what you're singing about is LSD.
2: Right. Or you could sing a song. wait, wait, wait. John Lennon denied that that's what it was about. He said, really, my daughter came home and it had a girl. He said, she said, was Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. It really wasn't about LSD at all. He dies. Paul McCartney says it was always about LSD. A lot of these guys are just liars.
1: No, they're liars. And the same thing, you know, when it's, you know, all you need is love. In fact, on a resurrection service in a church building that no longer has that church there. And now a false prophet teaches there that very building on their church service on a resurrection Sunday. That's what they were playing. All you need is love. And they're playing a Beatles song. And,
2: and the Beatles, did they know what love was? They sang about all you need is love. Then they broke up and hated each other. A lot of them, you know <laughs> I mean? John Lennon. And, 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 and by the way, since you mentioned that uh, I've got the lyrics here because we exposed this in our, in our, they sold their souls for rock and roll. And George Harrison very popular member of the Beatles, the biggest band of all time, right? He wrote My Sweet Lord, which got the biggest, more airplay. Stairway to Heaven was the biggest uh, song on FM for so many years. And My Sweet Lord was the biggest, uh, most requested song, most played song on AM radio. And oh that, wow, he's singing My Sweet Lord. Isn't this beautiful? Uh, Chad, in Hebrews chapter 5, it talks about how those who are babes in Christ doesn't mean they're just young Christians. You can be a babe in Christ and be a Christian for ten years, but be very weak and very babyish because you're still, you know, sucking on the bottle and you can't feed yourself through the word and you still need to get your diaper changed and stuff like that. And you need we need to grow up, but it says babes can't discern between good and evil. So some mm. believers they can't discern between good and evil. And they think, Oh, it's just how it sounds it sounds good. And no, man, is it good? You know, that's the question. Yeah. And with uh and I was I bought a book. By and George Joe, Harrison. And Joe,
1: that's an admonishment that yeah. many of them should have already been teachers. That's right. And yet these same guys are not even that's ready because really they're not being able to discern the holy from the profane. It's really Amen. sad. Yeah. They
2: couldn't distinguish between the holy and profane. You're right, Chad, and that's that's something it says about the priests in the Old Testament more yeah. than once. And they represent spiritual leaders today who don't make it a distinction between the holy and profane because they want to tickle ears. They want to get bigger masses. I'm not putting Mike, we love Mike. I don't think that's his heart at all. I believe he has his, his heart is seeking the Lord. I just we have just a small disagreement on this, but we mostly agree. But I would say this is that George Harrison. I bought a book called "Chant and Be Happy" when I was researching for the what became a ten-hour video. They sold their souls, for rock and roll, and it was George Harrison in the front with with a guru, and he was promoting hard Christian and everything else. I was blown away when I came to a section. I'm like, wow, he's letting his hair down. He said the reason he wrote "My Sweet Lord" was to attract you Christians, us believers, so that we would be lulled into a sense of false security. And we would turn to away from Christ to Krishna. By the way, Krishna in the, uh, the Indian so-called holy books, you know, the Bhagavad Gita, represents, he's, he's, he's called the serpent of eternity. Who is that, right? Uh, and he's called the Lord of destruction, the prince of demons. Who is that, right? That's who Krishna identifies himself with. And in, that song, in this interview, George Harrison says of my sweet Lord, he says, my idea, my sweet Lord, because it sounded like a pop song, was to sneak up on them a bit, sneak up on you. And the point was to have people not offended by hallelujah, because it starts with hallelujah. He's trying to draw Christians in. We're not to be ignorant of saying his devices. This is just obviously He's just spelling out, hey, this is how I was enticing Christians, getting them to say sing hallelujah. And by the time it gets to Hare Krishna, they're already hooked, and their foot's tapping. He's fishing, man. They're hooked. Got them hooked, right? And they're already singing about along hallelujah to kind of lull them into a sense of false security. And then it suddenly turns into Hare Krishna, And they will all be singing that before they know what's happened. And they will think, hey, I thought I wasn't supposed to like Hare Krishna. But guess what? I'm praising Hare Krishna. And the Bible says not even for believers, not even to mention the names of false gods. The only way it gives an exception to that is if we're doing what we're doing, exposing, exposing them, them because the false prophets, we're allowed to use the names of Baal, Amalak, and so forth, if they're exposing them because we're commanded to expose the works of darkness. But we're not supposed to be singing these things. And my point is, Chad, I think I bring these, th- this up, is because so many songs seem innocent. I just want to hold your hand. But after you hold their hands, so, you know, let's say someone says, yeah, well, that's song by, them too? that song <laughs> by Randy Newman is not bad. Oh, I want to get some more Randy Newman stuff. And before you know it, it's promoting out anti-God stuff. Like, crazy. It's like, how did you end up in this world? Because guess what? It's a two-way street, and Satan's involved in evangelism too. And we use music for evangelism, but so does the devil.
1: Yeah, and I wanted to let you guys know, we do have a couple of articles, uh, short little Q&A answers on our website. So if you're looking for something to just compact, and I would say, listening to Mike's uh, uh, little video there, that A lot of what we said in the beginning uh, in that article, a lot of what he said there, not all of what he said, but a lot of what he said is going and applying Philippians chapter 4 to whatever music you might be listening to. And by the way, this also includes things that label themselves as Christian. When you read about calling on angels or you're singing about Calling on angels, or singing about dominion and literally dominionist theology that you might be yeah. meditating on and singing about, and these things Poor that are. Songs, contrary I can rebel
2: against God, and I'm still yeah. I'm still nothing right can
1: separate, God. even if I run away yeah. and, and so forth. So when you're looking at these kind of things continually pressed upon. Uh, on the mind and meditating on them, are they, as it says, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. That should be applied to everything you're looking at, whether it's labeled as Christian or otherwise. Okay, whatever is true. Are the things they're saying true? That For most of the junk that's out there, no, it's, it's not. And That's what we're trying to get off, is it doesn't stop there because there is a spiritual reality. The Bible is so abundantly clear that we aren't wrestling against flesh and blood. All of the things that Joe has mentioned, the fact that we, there is a prince of the power of the air working through these sons of disobedience who admit to what they're doing with their music. The fact is, the Bible says that we as believers are the temple of God. And in the same context of telling us not to be unevenly yoked with the non-believers, we are told that they are the temple of idols, which Paul uses interchangeably for demons. So we have to recognize that and not just say, well, let's give it a scholastic answer and not recognize the spiritual reality that Satan does want to mess with you. And and Joe, I want to read a couple of the comments because I think they give a good springboard. And like I said, I actually was really encouraged by some of the comments that we actually heard like on Some there. of those
2: guys, or a lot of them... I probably saw our video. They sold those holes rocking. You said. <laughs> I hope
1: so. Yeah. And and this was this one really encouraged me that I saw this. This was one of the comments on Mike's video. It says, "Quote: God encouraged me about two months ago to cleanse from all secular music, and it has changed my life. I never realized the emotional influence I was under. A lot of the artists I listened to were the reasons for my depression, anxiety, hopelessness, and spiritual isolation. The lyrics had me paralyzed and damaged my spirit." God knew exactly what I needed to eliminate so I could walk freely in his presence rather than being influenced by emotions and constantly hurting myself. Be careful with lyrics. Some lyrics are meant to keep you in bondage. And you know what's interesting? Because when I talk about the topic of secular music with my brothers in Christ, this in-house debate on a lot of these things, I quote from Hebrews chapter 12 a lot on this subject because it says, now let us lay aside the sin and the encumbrance that is weighing you down. So not just simply the sin, that's a starting place, okay? So I would say if we're applying this to music by application, lay aside those wicked lyrics that are singing about the very things that God hates. Let's lay those aside, but also the encumbrance so you can run your race with endurance. Because I know that when I'm running a race, Joe, I'm not the fastest guy in the world, but even when I wrestle, whatever it may be, I don't want to have a bunch of clothing on me. I don't say, you know, what? let me put a backpack on unless I'm trying to simply get stronger so that I could take it off and then sprint. But I don't want to put on all this weight. In fact, the track stars now are they look almost naked out there, right? Because they're trying to say, what fiber can we use to make them as light as possible? And we have believers, honestly in the Lord right now, that are saying, how much weight can I put on and still win the race? And I think that's where the danger comes.
2: Yes, and good word there, bro. And we want to encourage you as our brothers and sisters in Christ to really pray about this, think about this. Uh, we've done our, this presentation, and now it's been on video for years, so so many people have seen this. And millions and millions and millions of people have seen uh, uh, you know, our video clips on uh, They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll. I should say, a good fight. Uh website as well, but so many people have been set free. I can't tell you how many people just we get people writing all the time that their whole household has changed since they got they jettisoned all the wicked music from from their homes and uh because music has such a powerful effect and We just want to encourage you to really think about this. What does God's word say? Uh, Go to the Lord before this. If you're into secular music, that's just, you know, what's the message? Because uh, there's not very many much, you know, there's not a whole lot of so-called neutral music out there when you listen to the radio because people are singing their worldview. They may be singing, it's just maybe a love song. Well, it's just a love song, but what's the worldview of that love song, Chad? If it's, you know, let's say I'm as a Christian and let's say I'm not married. I've been married for a long time or 30 some years now uh, and, But let's say I'm not married and I'm writing a song as a secular person or I'm in a relationship. My view is godless. You know, it's like Romeo and Juliet. You might even be suicidal, you know, like Romeo and Juliet because God isn't in the picture. So a lot of the secular love songs will just leave people just devastated because they have no hope. They're not about Christ. Christ is not the center. So a lot of songs that might even seem tame when they're godless, they can have a profound Spiritual effect. So what I like to do, Chad, is like to think about, you know, how, what does God's, what does God say about music in His Word? What does He encourage us to do regarding our music? And I think it's prof- really, really profound when you see somebody that's a new believer say at the Church of Colossae or the Church of Ephesus, Chad. You know, these are uh, you've studied these these books as I have, and you're talking about very pagan areas that people mm. have come to Christ, oh, yeah. and these guys all had their music that they were heavily into. But you know what Paul says to them? In Colossians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter (laughs) 5, he talks about how they're new creations and how they need to get rid of the old music, you know. They need to put on new man, get off the old stuff, shed the old clothes, which is sin, and put on the new clothes. But he also deals with music. He says, sing it. basically he's telling them to sing a new song, which we see that in Isaiah 40. You know, I, I was dug out of the pit. God put my feet on the rock, Psalm 40. and he put a new song in my mouth mm-hmm. in Psalm 40, and a song of praise to my God, right, and the pagans I mean, we'll will hear, hear it, it, and they'll and be converted. The it's really, really beautiful. So but Paul says to those at Colossians, those at Ephesus to sing now psalms, and hymns and spiritual songs. He wants them to get out of what they were singing about when they were praising the things their, their their pagan gods. they had music to their pagan gods. Well, wait a minute. But people don't worship. Yeah, they do worship pagan gods here. The what the the sex drugs and rock and roll. The things that are extolled in the music are the gods of this present age. You guys. You know, people worship themselves. You know, it's either self or lovers of money, more than lovers of God. That's a god. Paul says God, or that greed is idolatry in Colossians chapter three. He's talking about putting off idolatry, so he wants them to put off that music and put on the new music. And what's interesting, Chad and,
1: and Joe, I just wanted to read this one last comment before you, because I know you got some really good scriptures before we we, we go get for it. in this episode, because. This was a comment, and and you, you touched on it earlier, and I think it'd be really good to hammer home before Please, you guys. get into the true application of the Scriptures here on this subject, because someone actually wrote on there, they said, when my husband and I turned back to God, we deleted most of our secular music because it was associated with our sinful past. And you mentioned this as well, Joe, and it's one of those things that if you're a married man and there's a song that specifically brings you back to that old relationship right. you're on. How would your wife feel? Honestly, if ever all the time you were just like, let me listen to that song. I love that song because it just reminds me of you, you know Ginger children, yeah. or whatever. And you're just thinking about your old girlfriend. That would hurt your, I'm sure, your spouse's heart. Could you imagine with the Lord, he's taking you from the mire, he's taking you from the pit. The very things that, that you're reminded of are the very things that nailed him to the cross the sin that you've been saved for the man as you mentioned that should be dead render him dead you're now saying no man, yeah. let's let's remember this old man as well in a positive light and i think that's a big danger that's right
2: so when he tells them to sing new songs to put his new song in their mouth uh, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs it's really heavy because that's revolutionary to them it's like wow and now they're 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 experiencing the psalter they're looking at the book of psalms the biggest book of the Bible, which the early church father, Christostom said that God gave us the book of Psalms to keep us from the music of demons. They knew something back then, okay? And it's interesting because listen to what the Lord says in Isaiah in chapter 5, in verse 11. Woe to those who rise up early in the morning, that they may follow intoxicating drink, who continue until night, till wine inflames them, the harp and their strings, the tambourine and flute, the wine are in their feast, but they do not regard the work of the Lord, nor consider the operation of his hands. So they had music. But it was, guess what? They may have thought it was neutral music, but it wasn't about the Lord. So we're basically ripping off God when we refuse to praise him. Because you know, I can give you a ton of scriptures, so I wanna give you a couple others that I really wanna get to. But I give you a ton of scriptures that say to praise him continually, to continually praise him with your lips and give him the sacrifice of praise. How can I continually be praising him if I'm listening to music that's basically blaspheming God or promoting drugs or promoting sexual immorality or promoting hatred or anger? I can't do, you can't drink from two wells, brothers and sisters. You, can, you can't serve God and the world. God's word says this, and I love this in Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse five. It's better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. Now, fools are those, are either out and out atheists or they're practical atheists. They reject God's law. And that's your typical secular musician, Better to hear the Rebuke of the Wise, praise God you're listening to our podcast, than to the Song of Fools. I love Psalm 119.54, Chad. The psalmist wrote, quote, Your decrees have been the theme of my songs wherever I have lived. That's my life, man. His decrees, his word is the theme of my music, man. And guess what? That way, I can help. that helps me fulfill the scripture of meditating on his word day and night. And when you do that, you're like the tree planted by the water, Chad, and you'll prosper when everything is dry and dead around you, man your leaves are still gonna be green, man. And Christian music, true, godly Christian music that praises Jesus will help you prosper in Jesus. The other music will suck you dry.
1: Amen, God bless you guys.
2: You've been
0: listening to The Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202 Simi Valley California 93062 or call us toll free at one eight six six J C Truth. that's one 528 7884 we hope you'll tune in next time on the good fight radio show